Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the PPC Chat Roundup. In today's episode, we have Julie Bicini taking the lead again um, and leading us in a fantastic topic called all about PPC audits. So today we talk about, you know, whether we do PPC audits or not, you know, our favorite mistakes that we find or errors that we need to audit in, in paid search accounts. But most especially, we also look at the different types of audits that there are. My favorite must have come from Kirk Williams, where he actually told you, gives us the different tiers of PBC audits and what the price ranges is and what you should charge for them. So if you're thinking of doing PBC audits, definitely wait around for that answer so that you know how to charge for it and so that you can be making the cash, the deserved cash for doing audits. So yeah, I hope you enjoy. Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT. I'm your host, Anu, and I'm recording here from my studio in London, UK. And I use this platform to share not just expert, but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called Your Go to if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions. And even if you do, then like, follow, share, and retweet on that right Twitter with my handle, The Marketing Anu, or join us on our LinkedIn group, which is the PPC Chat Roundup Podcast. Or even on Instagram, why don't you check us out at PPC Chat underscore Roundup to get quotes and snippets from our previous episodes. So as already mentioned, we have Julie Bicini leading us on a fantastic topic, talking all about PPC audits, which I think is a very important stage in any account, whether you're an agency looking after a brand at some point, think it's important to have another pair of eyes that will audit their accounts and make sure that nothing has been stagnant, nothing has been missed and, you know, new things are brought in to revive it. I just remember back in the day when I was started out, you know, when I was an agency, people used to be very nervous about if their accounts were getting audited and they're like, oh, what does that mean? Are they going to catch me out for not doing things well? But things are always changing in terms of the paid search world. So I always feel it's important to do an audit and it doesn't mean that you've missed anything you know it's really important for another pair of eyes to look at the accounts that you're working on because looking at the same thing inside and day in day out you'll miss stuff we're human beings and that doesn't mean that you're not doing a good job so yes let's embrace doing audits and let's see what the experts have to say about it so yeah Julie welcomes us saying hello thank you for joining we will be talking all about PPC audits the hows the whys and if you charge for them I mean it's definitely was a live discuss lively discussion as she says it's going to be a lively discussion first how are we all doing? We have Dan Patterson who says he remembered to join this week. Dwayne Brown as well, who I met up with at Brighton SEO last week. That was really great. Chris Ridley as well joins us, as well as Kirk Williams. Um, I'm glad to hear because they his company Zato do a lot of amazing audits and do it in very different ways. He gave some very great insights for this one. Steve Gibson as well joins us, as well as Robert Brady and Jill Saskin Gales as well. So yeah, and Andrew McGarry, I see, joins us. So yeah, loads of experts in this area of doing audits and PPC join us today. Before we get into the questions, Julie says that, yeah, this chat is intended for PPC professionals of all levels. And if you have something you want to share, please do. We are a friendly and supportive community, but please don't be afraid to participate if you just want to lurk. 
the however if you just want to listen to the podcast however i am definitely up for you to do that and also for you to rate and review if you get the chance but yes you're all welcome to today's chat so yeah let's get on to the questions julie asks question one do you currently offer any kind of ppc audit services if so for which platforms if not why not now i said that i do you know that's something that that's really the only thing i have capacity for some people are ask me about you know doing work with themselves for paid search i'm happy to do an audit i've got a great template that i work off so if you want that that help let me know. Jill replies to question one saying, I offer a Google ads audit. My customers are either small biz owners who want to learn how to scale or optimize their accounts or agencies looking for some behind the scenes help with their clients. Chris Ridley replies saying that as part of our proposal process, Evoluted NM, that's their handle. They're called Evoluted. The handle is Evoluted NM. Conduct a no obligation audit on the PPC account and connected platforms. I then conduct conduct an audit at least once every six months on accounts to ensure everything is in order. Very good, good practice, I think. Any social media or paid search platforms really as part of our consultancy service. We also offer audit audits to provide clients with actionable insights and recommendations. And just to mention as well, I do audits for Google and Microsoft ads accounts. Kirk replies to question one saying we did, then we didn't. Now we do again. We had ended them to focus solely on retainer clients, but now we're seeing opportunity in the space for brands who just want a second look for ops or a check up on their current PPC managers. And he continues, part of why we had killed them is because we my definition of audit is large paid custom analysis. This pulled teams away from retainer clients. Now we include that in our ongoing bandwidth calculations to provide margins for it. He continues, no, Nava replies to that saying, agree with this so much. It's why I outline what will be included at the outset. Scope creep is the worst. Yeah, audits can take up a lot of a time, Lawrence replies, which is why unless it is a favor for a good friend, they are always paid. Sometimes I will have someone audit my accounts even if I have been doing them for a while and it is paid. Exactly. It's always great practice to audit accounts. And I love that that Lawrence gets ahead of ahead of that and asks someone to audit his accounts. Andrew McGarry replies, great points. You wouldn't expect an accountant or lawyer to do anything for free. Digital service providers need to command same level of respect in terms of not working for free. If an audit is expected, price it in. We have Sophia replying to question one saying we offer audits as part of proposal to potential clients for any platforms they have expressed interest in. Andrew Dengis is on the other answer to question one saying Google and Facebook audits mostly often with heavy brand sensitive considerations. One size fits all checklists often mean people know just enough to be dangerous. Ooh, does that mean I know just enough to be dangerous? <laughs> no, I do edit it per, um, per client. Julie, Julie replies saying methodology questions coming. Tony Zara replies, we do a brief opportunity audit which digs into auction insights and bidding methods to put perspectives on the competitive landscape. This informs a goals discussion, then a strategy discussion, and finally a scope. Each stage qualifies us and the client. 
Julia Vice replies, ooh, someone out there doesn't do public sector monopoly clients. And yeah, Tony replies, audit has a much looser meaning when the gumbert jail time isn't involved, right? It's basically the opposite of shopping or e-com audits, all structure, all narrative. As if I were doing an audit for BuzzFeed or some other content site, goal is awareness, education. And we have Steve Gibson replying to question one saying, I do only for Google ads. I don't often do Facebook ads and Bing isn't really a thing in the UK. Really, Steve? Bing isn't a thing in the UK. It's very much a thing in the UK, Steve. We also have Nava Hopkins replying to question one saying, I do for Google, Microsoft, Facebook, LinkedIn. I tend to use audits as a soft sell tool to get folks into my consulting services, point out actionable things they can fix with limited to no frills. Julie replies, I absolutely do audits most often for Google ads, but have done them for other platforms as well. Steve Hammer replies, audits are available for Google ads, Bing, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Love doing them. I'm of the opinion that routine smaller self audits are part of the job too. Glenn replies to question one saying, we offer this on search and social, but to be honest, the one we do most commonly is LinkedIn. Dwayne Brown replies to question one saying, been doing account and analytics audits across Google, Facebook, GA, GTM, etc., for brands and agency for four years now. Some want a second pair of eyes and others want to get an outside POV on their own work. He continues, as I said last year, hate free audits. Why do we love working for free as an industry? Worse when account reviews by some agencies who look at an account for one hour and call it an audit. No real audit is happening in an hour. Absolutely true. And he actually um, attaches a tweet of his when, where he says, um, one of many reasons we don't want sell hours for our execution work, do free account audits. We didn't, we ain't dis- desperate for your business. Like every other agency, three, give away our best ideas for free. If the only way to win our business is working for free, we don't want you. <laughs> yeah, he is not a fan of working for free, which absolutely agree with why would you want to work for free unless you're doing a favor for a friend julie replies an audit can have such a huge variance in scope and yet all be called audits Dwayne replies audit sounds fancy and yet clients need to ask about the details on what they are going to get devil in the details is in all things in our industry And Steve Hammer gives another answer to question one saying, I've tried to package an audit of accounts set up by the engines without much success, but I want to go back to that great way to help customers too small for a retainer. Melissa McKee replies saying, we only do audits for new biz. I enjoy doing them. There is always something that needs to be fixed. Sean Ellie replies to question one saying, yes, an audit of the account is part of the sales process, mainly focus on Google, but have done Facebook, LinkedIn, Microsoft as well. Gives us an idea of how we would tackle the account and the client and gives the client an idea of how we work and some strategies they may find useful. Lawrence replies to question one saying, yes, I have and do them for Google, Microsoft and Amazon platforms. And Julie takes us on to question two, saying, since we are already starting to delve into this, are your PPC audits standalone services or projects, or do you include them as part of something else? Mine will be a standalone project. I don't um, do paid search, hands-on paid search work anymore, but if somebody wants me to, wants to get me on for, to do an audit, happy to do that as a standalone project. Kirk um, gives an answer, say, we distinguish between an ACAN and an audit. An account analysis, that's what he means by an ACAN account analysis, 
is an unpaid brief look for sales to walk a retainer prospect through how we could improve the accounts. An audit is a paid exhaustive custom large, large and large in capital letters, delivered look at issues or opportunities. ACAN is our Zato language. So that means an unpaid brief look for sales to walk a retainer prospect through how we could improve their account. And yeah, I just like saying sales audits since I think that gets confusing to the industry when we all mean different things and I distinguish it semantically and practically for them. And he continues saying that an ACAN is more of a strategic satellite view, whereas an audit is us as the guide holding the map, telling them here is how you cross the mountain here watch out for that river over there. And Jill as well replies to question two saying, my business is focused on Google ads, coaching and teaching. I don't offer campaign management or execution. Because of that, my Google ads audit is a standalone service intended to give an overview of account health with a handful of accountable things a biz owner can implement. Chris Ridley replies, the audits I do are for management retainer proposals or existing retainer clients. The proposal audits focus on what is working well, what needs improvement, Improving and what isn't working. The latter type are mostly to ensure nothing is being neglected. Julia Vice replies, Oh, I like that. Management versus proposal. Precisely. Chris replies, Once you've managed an account for six plus months, you know what to look out for regarding tracking and campaign, which may be getting neglected. On unfamiliar accounts, checking GA or GTM setup and the account structure is my first steps. And then we have Steve Gibson replying to question two saying, I have a full funnel analysis service paid and a normal audit unpaid. Both can lead to actual getting my hands dirty, PPC or copywriting or marketing strategy work or not. Robin Johnson replies to question two saying, our audits are a standalone service. However, we perform one on any full account management clients we have before beginning work. These audits can sometimes identify why ads are struggling, allowing us to get results faster. Victress Digital replies saying we offer them as consultative standalone project or as part of onboarding a new client. And continuing as answer to question one, she goes, I will also offer audits of internal systems and teams. PPC is only as powerful as the foundational components it's sending leads to. This includes CRM, sales or customer service teams and phone leads. Lawrence replies, I find a lot of time is working on their systems with my brands. We pull in sales and look at their processes, how their CRMs are set up, etc. Marketing is bigger than just running the paid ads. Glenn Schmelzel replies to question two saying, I'll second Lawrence's point. A true audit must include review of the tracking and tagging that reaches as close to revenue as possible. And then we have Melissa McKee replying to question two saying, like I said, part of new business, we do informal audits on existing accounts ongoing. Another response to question two saying they can be both. I will sometimes sell an audit and that's it. Other times I'll sell the audit to help focus the consulting work. Keyword there is sell, no free audits. Exactly guys, don't give your work for free. Julie replies to question two saying I do audits as a standalone service or project. I do them for clients I'm starting to work with to figure out what we need to do with their accounts. Also do them for other agencies or brands who want another opinion on their PPC. 
And we have Sean Ellie replying to question two saying, we have done standalone in the past, but that is usually as a favor to referrals and small biz that can't afford a retainer. Majority of the time, the audit is part of the sales process. And we have Steve Hammer replying to question two saying, free audits are worth what you pay for them. Sales tools, and I've never found an account I couldn't pick on, including my own. I'll do them as part of startup, standalone, whatever, but... Pay that man his money, he puts me. You then have Lawrence replying to question two saying, I do not really promote them separately because I am pretty much solo and they take a lot of time. I do them if asked as part of starting an account or for a brand or agency who just wants to find some opportunities. I also never bash another agency, which helps definitely build a community. Jill replies, yes, that's key. I always ask upfront whose work I'm reviewing and who paid for the audit. And then I choose my language carefully because on the intended audience, there is never one right way to do things in an, in an account, just different approaches. Chris replies, yeah, I always use three category. What, what works well? What can be improved? What isn't working? This way I help prioritizing tasks without dropping anyone in it. Lawrence replies, I like this format, simple and easy for the brands to understand. Chris goes, yeah, just like any form of reporting, our priority as marketers should be making it easy for clients or brands to understand what needs changing and what is working well. Absolutely. We then have Julie replying to question two again, saying sometimes I will put what is essentially auditing of new client accounts into a project phase I call discovery too. Depends a lot on the complexity of the client business or industry. Either way, you need time to really dig into what's there or be, there or been done. Yeah, and Chris replies, our first month is usually set up and discovery, ensuring we have access to all the platforms we need, making sure tracking is accurate, checking the account for any history policy violations that may resurface or explain any periods of poor performance. Dwayne Brown replies to question two saying, all new clients we onboard get an account, analytics and business tech stack audit. When we start working together, make sure things are set up to our standards. We do one-off audits for brands and agencies as a service. Great way to sharpen skills and help brands out. He continues, some brands and agencies just want our point of view or see things they might have missed. We deliver a deep audit that leaves no stone unturned. We never had someone not love what we share we catch all the small things nice one Dwayne that's such a great way to just do like a great mini testimonial on their work like yeah clients love their work so yeah hire take some risks then we have Riley Duncan replying to question one saying we often use the first month of a new engagement with a client that has an existing account as an audit gives us time and budget to dig deep and plan out a long-term strategy. Steve Hammer replies um, an aside we call our audit search strategy because I think it needs to cover more than just what's wrong but have a direction as well. However the SEO part of me knows I have to write audit because of search volume. Dylan on the line replies to question two saying part of onboarding and new client setups but also offer standalone audits some clients just want an extra eye on what their or their team are doing and then we have julie taking us on to question three saying do you charge for audits now this is the interesting question that i love the answers to if so how do you charge and why do you charge for them if not why not does it vary by any circumstances i charge for my audits i mean if i'm going to do them project by project basis 
I'm not doing any of that for free. Jill replies saying, I charge between $500 to $1,200 depending on account size. I go by number of campaigns rather than spend. I charge because my Google Ads audit is a standalone service, although about two thirds of my audit clients will purchase consulting or coaching afterwards. Kirk Williams replies to question three saying, in my opinion, there are at least three different types of audits and important to distinguish for pricing. I love this. Number one, free analysis, what I call an ACAN, primarily for sales. Two, small account audits. These can be anywhere from $500 to $2,000 and are smaller in complexity. Three, large account audits. These can be 30 to 60 pages and can range between $4,000 to $12,000 or more. So yeah, you can make a lot of money from doing audits. For a big account spending millions a year, paying $10,000 to lock down an important part of an account is extremely valuable. He continues, at Zeta, we tend to focus solely on one and three, definitely a market for two, but I found it hard for us to get out of doing deeper audits and we end up losing money. So try to focus more on the bigger brands if we're going to take on the short-term project. Kirk continues, also, I wasn't going to post for specific numbers, but then thought, sure, what the heck, let's see some pricing normalization in the industry. Doesn't have to be mine, but at least can help us get insights into what to aim at for paid audits they can be incredibly valuable and Nava replies to that saying I had the same pause for fear that I was going to lock myself into rates that were too low really interesting that most of us land on around the same rate for simple audits Gav replies means either the market is priced right or we should all change prices together haha <laughs> I tend to trust the market overall perhaps naively so. And he finally says that if people are willing to pay for something they value and it's on average the same across multiple businesses and agencies, it's probably close to being right. So yes, look at the prices for those doing audits, look at your prices. If they're much different, a lot different to what Kirk has mentioned, you're probably underselling yourself or overcharging somebody. So anyway, let's work to the market. And Julia Vice replies to question three saying, yes, either retainer built in or hourly, but these aren't free. Julie replies to question three saying, I absolutely charge for audits, whether they are standalone projects or the first stage of new client work. I am not interested in getting involved with any organization that does not fully value my work, expertise and experience. And then we have Lawrence Chase replying to question three saying, absolutely yes, unless a fellow freelancer is asking and they are a good friend. Done that a few times. They take a lot of time. So I usually look at the complexity of the account and provide a price. They can take hours. So you should be compensated. And then we have Nava replying to question three saying, I charge different prices for different scopes. My standard audits range from a thousand to thousand five hundred dollars. If it's going to be more involved or require more technical analysis, we agree on a scope and quote. And then we have Dwayne replying to question three saying hundred percent charge. Why work for free? We have a base fee of $3,000. And then it goes up based on ad spend, SKU count, 
and number of countries. Our audits take two to three plus days, so we don't want to work for free. Plus our skills are valuable and we should charge for our experience. He continues, the hardest part of an audit is taking data and turning it into information and actionable next steps. Really interesting, the opportunities you find when finding signals in the noise of ad accounts and Google Analytics data. It's all sitting there for fresh eyes. And then we have Steve Gibson replying to question three, saying not for normal audits, which don't take me much time, but I have wondered if doing superficial audits is actually a disservice. That's because they focus on what you're doing now, but better rather than transformative change. Interesting. We've got um, Chris Ridley replying to that, saying, I find that the one hour checklist audits are fine for spotting structural or setup issues, but do little in terms of identifying account trends or the root cause of performance dips. I also can't review a GTM setup, analytics setup, and a Google ads account in an hour. My biannual audits are usually two hours, while my full audits can be a day or so if there are multiple platforms or tools to take into consideration. And then Dylan replies to question three saying, if it's a new client, then an audit is part of the setup cost. If it's a single project, then it's charged depending on type of client, size of account, and number of platforms we need to look into. Sean Ellie replies to question three saying, we don't charge. I look at it as it's as much for us as it is for them. This is where we find red flags or issues that may be best suited for others. I also ask for an hour of their time to share results. So I view that as the trade-off. Chris Redley replies to question three saying audits are usually part of a project or retainer with Evoluted NM, so we don't charge extra for them. I believe you need to be able to review the work you've done to ensure everything is up to scratch and nothing is neglected. And he continues, I cannot tell you how many times when I first started off in PPC, I started a project or experiment within an account and forgot about it until I did an audit or line manager asked me how it went. Audits are my way of tying up loose ends and finding new opportunity. Steve Hammer also replies to question three saying charge by size of the account, keyword or ads, not spend level. I'm usually doing these myself and I drop a good amount of time on them. If we're doing these well, the ROI is super easy to justify. Julie then replies, gives another answer to question three saying as far as how much time, how much to charge for me depends on several factors. How many things am I investigating? Accounts, campaigns, etc. How much access I have to data, how long of a history they want reviewed. Lawrence replies to that saying, yeah, I have been asked to audit all the way from an ad to customer service or sales involvement so they can get pretty involved. Julie replies, I think when deeper analytics work is wanted or needed, it gets more expensive too. For example, conversion rate is awful. I always want to know if I can find some whys for that data. I want to look at on-site experience and analytics data too. Chris replies, yeah, I worked on a portfolio of accounts that wanted to improve their end of funnel closing rates. So when we audited the account, we had to consult the internal team to identify what closing rate each channel was delivering and whether there was any cannibalization or common threads. And Jill replies to that saying, I will always ask for Google Analytics access as an optional step. I like having the option to check it if something I'm seeing in the account doesn't make sense. Julia Vice replies, I agree with this practice, but it's a real can of worms. So much of the stuff you'd need to check is admin level only. So they really have to give away the key in order to get good data right at a time 
when we're building trust. Yeah, and Loris replies, yes, and you really want to be able to compare ad performance to other activities, which you can only do with analytics access. Jill goes, this, my Google ads conversion rate sucks. How can I improve it? Sir, your conversion rate from Google or to CPCs twice all other channels. So yeah, these things need to be discussed. Julie then goes, sometimes audits uncover major non-PPC issues too. One account I worked on had significant website issues. Client absolutely disagreed. Conversion rates from a holy grail level referral source were abysmal. They still didn't want to hear it. Oh, that's frustrating, Julia says. Lawrence replies, exactly. Marketing is more than just ads. It could be the website, product, pricing, shipping costs, poor imagery, etc. So many factors impact performance. And that's why we've evolved so much. It's not just about how much they're spending and how many competitors are out there. There's loads of things that are affecting performance now. And Lawrence continues, it can be a tough pill to swallow because they want an easy answer. Major non-PPC issues are usually more difficult to fix. Even simple things like running the call reports that Google has can show half the calls coming in are never being answered. No wonder the leads are not turning into revenue. We have a call center operational issue. So yeah, there's a lot to be had in terms of audits and that can definitely, that definitely should affect how much you're charging. We have then Gil Gildner replying to question three saying, we don't charge for brief overviews, kind of like PPC Kirk has described much better than I can. I attribute many of our client onboarding wins from contributing our insights for free, even some very large clients. Of course, in-depth audits are for a cost. Andrew McGarry replies saying, issue I have with external briefs overviews is they are used as a sales tool. Zero context in strategic choices made why X isn't being actioned and the longest checklist is the greatest absence of strategy. There's a difference between neglect and part of the plan. Gil replies saying absolutely, which is why in-depth paid audits exist, but for onboarding new clients. Overviews are one of our best tools. We give it the best shot possible and clients are typically very impressed with the care we put into even our free overviews. It pays off in the end. Dwayne Brown then replies to question three saying the hardest part of an audit is taking data and turning it into information and actionable next steps. Really interesting the opportunities you find when finding signals in the noise of ad accounts and Google Analytics data. It all sits there for fresh eyes. And Riley replies to question three saying, absolutely, our audits are very custom and designed to provide tremendous value. We have the month where we're doing the audit scoped separately from the rest of the retainer so we can adjust pricing as needed based on anticipated hours. Andrew McGarry replies um, to question three saying, informed client equals to fine, new hire who didn't bother to read our up to speed overview equals to, oh my God, the brief overview says we're not doing X, so I'm calling you on a Saturday. And just a comment that Julie makes here saying, I have also found that audits can be a real great project to build trust on, particularly if the client is coming off of a bad experience with another provider. The commitment is only to the audit project and they can get to know you during that. Julie Vice replies, it's an active conversation and an act of transparency. It can be really good for everyone. 
Robin replies, I find the same. It gives the client a chance to see how we work and for us to build some trust. It also allows them to see we have a real plan, not just ideas. Gil replies saying, agree. I think building trust is the core benefits of doing audits. It's hard to build a business model from one of projects like audits, but if they help display your expertise, that's invaluable. We then have my reply to question three saying the basic audit to evaluate if the client fits me, my current situation, the client's expectations, their demands. It's free of charge because it's an investment for the headaches I'll save in the near future. I start charging after both part agreed to collab. Then we have Julie taking us on to question four, which is the second to last question because lots has already been shared. Um, she asks, do you have a set process sequence and or checklist you use when doing PPC audits or is it a customized process every time? I start off from the checklist and depending on the client, depending on something that the checklist informs, I might go into a different direction and that could be different for different clients. So start off from a checklist, we'll go checklist, but it's very much, you know, customized process for some clients. Uh, we have Gil Gildner replying to question four saying we have a fairly uniform process for what we look at, but every audit or analysis is different. Every client is different. Some issues deserve a closer look than others. So our analysis end up being quite plain English and strategy focused rather than merely numbers. Sean Ellie replies, I have used both methods and prefer customized. It allows me to be more free and follow the data. I do see the value in a more structured audit though and may have to move that way eventually. Julia Vash replies, yes, I have a spreadsheet template in Excel slash Google Doc with an audit process, but I want to see everyone else's. Kirk replies, for paid audits, we have a big picture template that's pretty simple, account settings plus individual Google networks with some detailed questions within there to make sure we hit everything. Otherwise, from there, it's fully customized based on individual account needs. And then, yeah, he continues. No, James Verbodo replies to that saying this will tell you where the money is going and where the results are coming from or not. And several people agree with that. Dwayne Brown replies to question four saying we have a template we go through to make sure we don't miss any sections. Each section is custom written for that brand. Then we have a list of questions we ask and things we look at. Plus brands usually have questions or concerns, which is why they hired to begin with. Lawrence replies to question four saying it feels like brands who ask me for audits ask for different things. So a lot of the time they become custom. 50% plus of process is fairly standard. However, most of the time it is when we start looking into analytics or the processes that changes. Melissa replies to question four saying, yeah, we have a template, but do customize the details based on what we find. Jill replies saying, I have a scorecard I develop that I use every time to ensure I cover all my bases for the client's benefit and mine. Then I do three to five pages of analysis and recommendations in plain English language. That's very useful. Nava replies to question four saying, standard audits get the standard templates of checks. It's the more technical ones that require some customization, usually due to levels of access and whether there needs to be a knowledge share with another vendor. We then have Steve Gibson replying to question four, saying for free audits, I tend to just click around until I find something interesting. Basically, I'm trying to get an idea of what's going on and whether there are any changes I could make that could make an obvious difference to the profits. 
And we have Julie herself replying to question four saying, yes, I have a list of things I check that also works well being put into an existing format for reporting audit results. With that being said, I am also a big believer in the report containing regular person, understandable narrative sections and data sections. We have Andrew replying to question four saying in plain English is underrated. And I believe that's in reply to Jill's answer to question um, four. Dylan online replies to question four saying I have a checklist for each account or platform and stick to a top down process starting from settings, integration and tracking and tend to do the actual campaigns last. And then, yeah, in terms of where, yeah, the plain English answer where Andrew McGarry said plain English is underrated, Julie replies, you can even include a why this matters line or section for each thing you're including in the audit report. Again, written for the non-PPC person, unless you're doing the audit for PC, PPC people. Jill replies, I include at the top, if you only do one thing as a result of this audit, it should be, and then pick that, what I consider to be the most important or impactful recommendation from the whole thing. 50% of the time, this new ad creative, somehow that's always a weak spot. Andrew replies, if you have time, use your webcam to create a quick video to go over the thing you want them to remember the most. That can help a lot. Same, some of us don't roll right off an audit camera ready, dude. <laughs> Very good idea to do if you have the right webcam filters in reply to, and that's Julia Vice replying. And Andrew goes, I need hair and makeup team stat. <laughs> And my Molina gives us a nice little list here for an answer to question four saying only in my head, one, tracking two historic data, three, volume paid weight versus other channels, four, structuring, five, bidding, six, revenue weight for each campaign, seven, channel mix, eight, negative keyword list users, nine, audiences or keywords, 10 ads going from big to small. We then have Riley replying to question four saying we use a template as a starting point, then dig deeper where we see fit. Finally, output is a slide deck, which is pretty custom every time. And then Dwayne replies to question four saying, I think about audits in this way. If we were running the ad account and based on the data analysis we just did, what would we recommend? And then that is what we recommend. Brands can then go implement it themselves or talk with their agency about our point of view. And then actually, what did he? And Chris replies to question four saying, I have a PPC audit checklist template I have used at every marketing role I've been, which evolves over time. It includes my process of checking each element, documents and websites to reference for context or guidance, as well as sections for comments and recommendations. And then Julie takes us on to the last question saying, is there something you find pretty often in audits that is surprising or should be surprising that is set up either incorrectly or, or suboptimally? Again, is there something you find pretty often in audits that is surprising or should be surprising that it is set up either incorrectly or suboptimally? And then Lawrence Chase replies to question five saying conversion tracking issues seem to pop up a lot. We talk about GTM being difficult and it is a huge issue for even medium sized businesses. Sometimes see Steve Hammer replies. I did mention that I wanted to do these for engine setup accounts, right? Seriously. I'd say keyword creep is the most common thing I see stuff that gets added in the wrong place and starts to erode performance. Jill replies, RSAs almost always a weak spot. So often I find low quality score due to low expected 
um, CTR and low ad relevance. And then I find that the RSAs don't meet baseline best practice and are often just poorly written. Creative matters. Absolutely. Which is why I'm doing several talks right now about doing good creative. Julie replies to question five saying, I'm amazed at how often geographic targeting settings are a mess and are clearly never monitored. Used to find tons of wasted spend with the old Google ads location data before they hid the good stuff. Broken conversions are pretty common to or no conversion actions. James Verboda replies, tracking often goals, conversion tracking, analytics, sync, remarketing audiences. Kirk Rowlands replies, the number of times conversions are set up incorrectly to track things they don't want to track or that they're outright duplicating conversions is shocking to me. Issues in, may, in maybe 40% of the accounts we see, which is far too many for such a crucial account element. Nava replies, almost always find search with display select. Oh, that's so annoying. At this point, just either commit to performance max or set up proper search and display campaigns. No negative comes up way too often. Location options mistakes is pretty common too. And then my Molina replies to question five saying for those who make the cut of well enough optimized or I know what I'm doing e-com accounts is that the common strategy is ROI based rather than margin based. Still surprises me that they come that far but didn't work on the most important KPI and on that very important note oh well sorry before I leave, you, Sean Elliott also replies saying lately have been seeing campaigns with less than $50 budgets and more than 20 active ad groups. Impression share is usually around 15% of for those and like others have said, conversion issues. And a second answer to five card goes also the Google shopping product type attribute is still set up incorrectly or not at all in probably 95% of the accounts we look into small or large. And as I like to call him uh, Mr. Shopping, he should definitely know whether that is right or wrong. So yeah, listen to that. And on that note, we come to at the end of this chat. You know, it's gone by quite quickly. Only five questions were managed to be answered. And I'm sure Julie had more, which will probably go over on the Twitter Spaces chat on Thursday. Please join for that. That's going to be a Thursday, 1 p.m. East, 12 p.m. Eastern time. Then that'll be 5 p.m. GMT. So join us to continue this chat about, you know, PPC audits and all there is to know about it. And especially the fact that you should be charging if you're doing, you know, big, large million pound accounts audit. So yeah, make sure you get that money. So yeah, as I said, join the Twitter spaces chat on Thursday. And um, if you have any feedback about the podcast or even some correction and anything that has been shared, get in touch with me on Twitter. Um, my DMs are open on the handle, the marketing Anu, or join us on LinkedIn with the, on the um, PPC chat roundup podcast group. We'd love to have you on there. I'd also be grateful if you were to leave a rating or review on Spotify or Apple or Facebook or any of those other channels, the best way to get to any of those links is linktree.com forward slash PPC chat underscore roundup. That's linktree, so L-I-N-K-T-R-E-E.com forward slash PPC chat underscore roundup. Finally, remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye and speak to you next week. <laughs>